you know, reserve this time in our service on Sunday mornings for teaching directly from the Word of God. We just thought here at the end of the summer, it would be good to take these two Sundays and to do something a little bit different, just to create this family conversation. So if for some reason you've missed the sermons over the last five weeks, you can hear them on the podcast. Um, But just a quick recap, um, in Ephesians, there's these five gifts listed, and we have them here. Um, Apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. Sometimes around here, you'll hear us refer to them in the acronym APEST. That's what we mean, APEST, if you follow the the first words down. And probably already in this series, I'm not sure, but you've probably heard some variation of these kind of quick markers, identifiers for these gifts. So apostolic leaders are often asking, you know, what is God building? They're often catalyzers of movement, pioneers in mission. They're the ones who often start things in mission. Um, Prophets are often asking, you know, what is God saying? They bring to us the voice of God. And maybe even a a little more specific, they bring to us the heart of God. What is God saying to us now from his word and by his spirit? Um, Evangelists are laser focused on unbelievers. They're often asking, um, how are we reaching unbelievers? How are we present among unbelievers? How are we strategizing to be present among unbelievers? You can often pick out these leaders because in some of the rhythm of church gatherings that we might have, they get antsy if it doesn't feel like it's, it's reaching unbelievers um, in the neighborhoods and the nations. Shepherds are very in touch with how people are feeling, and they bring to us this gift. They're nurturers, they're gatherers. They can also be fierce protectors of people, especially people on the margins or people who need mercy. Um, and teachers are often asking, do the people understand? They're very focused on the word of God, and making sure that we understand how what we're doing in our worship gatherings, our mission is rooted in his word. Uh, They take us back to the word. It's where they hear God's voice the clearest, all right? So if you've been following along the last um, few weeks, then you have heard some variation of this uh, being summarized. So we're just going to ask these three some questions, but you may be visiting today or you may not know someone up here really well. So I'm going to begin by just asking you guys just to introduce yourself, just your name, and then um, what is out of these five, maybe what are the one or two that you most identify with, all right? So um, where do you kind of see yourself in this list? So Gal, we'll start with you. Okay, my name is Gal Fua Jordan, and um, I I would say I'm prophet, and then my second is shepherd. Uh, FYI, it's common around here for us to identify a first and a second. That's just kind of an observational thing. Um, it's, it's likely that all of you have at least one of these, you know, or are one of these or growing up in one of these. But in our experience, we often have a, a dominant one, and then there's kind of another gifting that shapes it. So that's probably why you're going to hear the name. Uh, maybe not just one, but two. I am Mary Getz, and I identify most with shepherd and teacher. There's people out here like, very true. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> we affirm you. Yeah, that is, I'm Steve Rossi, and I identify as a prophetic leader. And, um, you know, one of the ways that we've found in community, you know, these aren't self-proclaimed as we sit up here and, and identify these. Uh, one of the ways that, the rich ways the Lord has spoken to us is in community uh, to one another and affirmed us through community in addition to how he's 
he's met us in our relationship with him. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good point. I mean, I think for most of us, our understanding about these gifts um, came as people said it to us, you know? And, and it's interesting, even as these three say, you can hear these affirmations coming, you know, from the body. The body of Christ is actually really adept at this, is really good at affirming gifts and so as we're in relationship with each other, we kind of learn what our gifts are. Like gift tests and stuff, if you've ever seen those, those are great. Um, and they can be useful tools, but nothing beats community, you know, in terms of discovering what your gift is. I think we're distributing more mics. Okay. All right. Um, so we want to start our panel today um, maybe in a a little bit different of a place than we've been so far in this series, I'm not sure. Um, thinking more about other people than just ourselves, because I think one thing that can happen in gift conversations is, uh, as Americans, we are so wrapped up in like self-actualizations. Like we love all those quizzes online and discovering who we are and what superhero you are and stuff like that. Um, and there's something about all of that that can turn really inward focus really fast. And we start just thinking about ourselves a lot. So we want to start with a more outward focus question because one beautiful thing about understanding how these five anointings, gifts work in the body is we can see other people, right, more clear. And we can understand their giftings and how to to work with them. So I want to ask you guys first, just how have you seen other people's fivefold gifts, um, the gifts that other people might have that are different than yours, how have you seen them enrich your own? How is your gift better because of the gift that somebody else has? Um, I'll start off with being married to Teacher John. <laughs> you can call him Teacher John. Teacher John. <laughs> No. <laughs> um, no, I think for me, I, like, I, I'll just give an example. How about that? Um, in our missional community, usually I have like a, like I'll have like a verse that's burning in me. And, and I don't know what that's, usually I'm like, is this for me? It's, you know, I'm always asking these questions. And, and then I'll share it to John, uh, I'll share it with John and it'll, it'll land. And then he is like, he's able to like do a discovery Bible study or, or um, like present it to the group and it'll land with them. Um, so I don't know, is that what you're asking? <laughs> That's yeah. a great answer. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a great example of how like the grace working in one gift as it kind of gets passed on to someone else, right? It, it manifests in a fuller way. Beautiful. Um, I think this fleshed out more for me recently as I learned about my own gifts um, and identified some places that I can even get stuck in my gift or hyper-focused in my gift, so attempting to, like, care for someone. Um, I need, like, the prophets who are hearing clearly from the Lord to, like, um, point out, like, maybe we've hung out in this space of healing or comfort um, or trying to understand and we need to move on. So I am well aware that I can kind of just hunker down and, like, 
want to love on and minister or just be with people. And um, the other gifts enrich that experience. They call out things. Um, they point you in new directions. They say it's time to leave this place. And so I rely heavily on uh, the evangelists being like, what about them? Or, um, yeah, or calling the prophet who's like, let's stir this up a bit because the Lord is speaking here and, and we're a little bit too comfortable. So I think I... I rely heavily on that because I could kind of stay cozy maybe <laughs> in my gift and just try to love on people. <laughs> yeah, we talk a lot about invitation challenge at the tab, right? And and how when that's not calibrated and there's too much just the invitation piece, we can be cozy even in our gifting, right? So you use the word hunker down. Um, you know, these giftings, they feel like grace, like wind behind you, Right? So it is, in many ways, what you're best at, which is great. But the problem is we can also get comfortable there. So, Mary, could you just open that up a little bit more, like, for your shepherd gift? And then, Steve, I want you to answer the same question. What does hunkering down look like for the shepherd and the prophet? Like, if you're just single track, like, I'm just staying in my lane gift, what is that going to look and feel like? I think um, it can look like care for the individual so much that there's not an awareness of what needs to be uprooted or changed um, or redirected. Um, just desiring to love on, and, and, and not that the other gifts aren't desiring to love on people, I don't want to say it that way, but it can, it can hyper-focus to, I want this person to understand and, and feel invited um, so much that I might not even be willing to call out something in their life that the Lord is calling out um, in their life. Which is another kind of love, mm -hmm. but can be a missing facet, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so sometimes if the shepherds are alone, there's not movement, right? Like some of the other gifts have something in them that creates some more movement in people's lives. But shepherds, it's actually the opposite. They're meant to slow things down, right? Yeah. How about you, Steve? Conversely, you know, the prophetic leader can have vision that's futuristic in nature. But when you get that vision, you want to do it now. So an, exa an example, so it's like, but I see what God's saying. I see God's heart, you know, and this is what, where this is, you know. And the shepherd will say, but what about the people and bringing them along in it? Like, you can't just look at this vision in a vacuum. And so um, Christine Skull so many of you in, in so many of these gifts, I'm just going to point out a couple examples, but have been, have been a model and an inspiration to me and a gift to me and what I need to fill in what I don't have. But um, Christine Skull has been this for me, and Grounded is an example of that. It's a concrete example where she has said, but what about spiritual friendship? What about, we talk about up in and out here at the tab as a value. What about the in aspect and how are we building relationships with one another to walk in the vision together at the pace that God wants us to. So that's been a great example. Um, John as a teacher, if I could use John again. Um, John has been, both in ministry moments, he we will have a prophetic experience that I might lead or be a part of, but John will bring understanding to what it means or what to do with that moment. Like, he'll, he'll explain what just happened here. Um, or even regarding the season we're in, John will will be able to explain, okay, this is what this means for the season we're in. And so that's been uh, a, a great gift to me. Um, Joel, as an apostolic leader in my life, has empowered and mobilized me in my calling. He's made room for me. 
to do what God has called me to do through his leadership uh, in my life. Uh, Brooke has been a great, in her evangelist function, she's also apostolic, but in her evangelist function, to see the unbeliever and to see the uh, visitor, even on a Sunday morning, (laughs) and say, okay, what do we build um, and what direction do we go in in that regard um, as a church to round us out that I'm not bringing with my prophetic uh, calling? And so those are just some examples. Galfua, lastly, I'll say, has been uh, a prophet in my life who, like a watchman, has brought a lot of insight through whether dreams or words that uh, might have to do with interceding for protection for the body. And so even though I am a prophetic leader, there's, there's other prophets who are gifts to me, certainly, where I'm not seeing. And so those are some. Yeah, it's occurring to me as you guys are talking that... You know, Mary used this phrase, hunker down, which stuck out in my mind because I think we can do that individually. But then, you know, really, if you look at churches, even whole denominations, they hunker down too on one of these, you know, as, as the most important, you know. And so there's churches where everything is just shepherding, you know, nurturing, caring for. And to what Mary was saying, People might feel really loved and and included in that setting, which is a strength, but they might never have things called out, right, that need to move forward or catalyzed or sparked in their life, right? Uh, There's churches, they're all teacher, right? What matters is just the preaching, right? And that's the most important thing. And there's houses, it's just all profit, you know, all just worship and hearing the Lord and visions and dreams, right? I think part of the goal of love in the gifts, right, is to not hunker down, but actually to open ourselves up to people who are different than us, right, which is a risk, but that's part of love. Love isn't just like giving of ourselves. It's also opening ourselves up to something that we don't have, right, to something that's needed. So I want to ask you guys this, like, in ministry, so think about, like, a place where you're serving the Lord. And by that, I don't just mean, like, church programs, like, your day-to-day life, all the places you feel the anointing of God just in your day-to-day walk. Um, you know, what does it feel like? How would you describe it? You might have a story when you can tell, like, wow, something is missing. Like, we need another gift here, you know, that I don't have. Like, what does that feel like? Like, how have you experienced that, you know, in a tangible way? Um, the, first, the first story I, that comes to mind was uh, when we first moved here, I, I led somebody to the Lord, and, and actually it was like, it happened because I, I, I was like, Lord, I really want this gift of evangelism. And, and then I led somebody to the Lord, and then, like this, you know, the um, the prophetic gifting just started coming out. And what I noticed in me was that I was like easy, easily, I was quick to be critical um, because it was like I, this is what you should be, this is what you should be doing, you know, to get from here to there. Um, and I think in that moment, even though like uh, I'm, my pastoral side is a, like a close a second. It, I needed somebody who was way more pastoral to be able to walk with me and with them through this whole transition. So even like a new believer and then somebody who's been who's grown up in the church, like I needed somebody to shepherd both of us through this. Yeah, because sometimes newer believers, right? They need nurtured, right? And there's a certain gift that often 
most naturally bring about you? Um, I think it often feels like a question bubbling up inside of me of like, why are we still here? <laughs> um, you know, like we, we've kind of come at this multiple directions and like there's been affirmation and equipping and we find ourselves kind of circling back to the same place. I almost think it feels like the middle of the Kairos circle, if you've seen that before, where we, where we get to repentant, but action hasn't always taken place. And that's where I really feel like when I ask myself, like, huh, we're still here. Maybe we need to lean into what God is saying. Maybe we need to lean into movement. And that requires someone's gifting that is not in my gift mix because we might just sit here and um, go deeper and understand more. Um, but I just feel like the Lord want, and it's a, I know this isn't all that the Lord has for this space or these people or this organization. So if we keep getting to this spot, I, I just, someone else needs to be pulled in that can, can speak freshly into it. Yeah, when there are gifts that are needed that are missing, I feel angsty and inadequate. <laughs> and so um, when we, when we uh, looked at these questions together, this question, I thought of uh, the, this geese principle where um, when someone taught on the fivefold once that the geese principle is when geese are flying in a V, one will take on the, the ones in the front, it takes on the brunt of the air, the work, as it were, right? And the fivefold is like that. There's seasons in the life of a local church where God, we're in a season that might be more apostolic or prophetic. And I would say for about five years in our recent history or so, we were in this apostolic, prophetic, foundation-laying season, more of a sweet spot for me. And um, when we came out of that and needed to build the teacher, the evangelist, and the pastoral arms of the church, uh, more recently, you know, I felt those feelings viscerally of like, I don't have this to give. Um, I like I see what's needed, but I don't have it to give myself, and, um, and and much less do I know how to do it. And so then, good leadership, right, looks like identifying well who does. <laughs> and so that's obviously the next step is is it's knowing what season you're in. Like Jesus said, for religious leaders, you need to know what season you're in. Um, but then beyond that, what does it look like to mobilize leaders who are this gift to the church to build up the teacher, the pastor, and evangelist arms? And I believe that we're in that season right now, and there's some exciting fresh vision and more to come on that soon. But yeah, the short answer is angsty and inadequate. <laughs> Which I think that's a really good observation because I don't know that when I'm angsty and feeling inadequate that my first go to is to become more vulnerable and and tell someone that I need help right like when we're already feeling that way you know my tendency sometimes is to dig in and try harder and make the ministry successful you know and prove that I can do it you know and all of these things sometimes we waste a lot of time right when god created us for interdependence on each other and just to ask for help right? Just to say, hey, I need a prophet here. I need a teacher here. We need this. Um, you know, Gal started by talking about like this person she had led to the Lord. I don't know if you know this, but sometimes in church culture, that thing right there is an area where pride and possessive attitudes don't allow a person to get fully discipled 
because we almost feel like an ownership over someone, right, and their journey, when we need to be saying, like, hey, I need some help over here, right? Like, I need some other voices. I need some help, you know, uh, if this person's going to grow up into everything, right, that they should be in Jesus instead of just being viewed as my disciple, right, or something like that. Um, God puts us on a team to cultivate humility in part. Okay, this is a question that was not pre, it's not prepared for. But I think you guys will answer it great. I thought of it this morning. So I was thinking about how these gifts are only valuable if we think of them in terms of love, right? But I've seen these gifts become the opposite where they become the way that we're able to identify what someone is not good at. So what we start talking about is is, oh, this person isn't good at this because they don't have this gift, or this person isn't good at this because they don't have this gift, right? And sometimes I, I think we miss how God's grace is fully available to all of us, right? And even if it's not our sweet spot, he can use us. So here's a question. Can you think of a time um, when God used you in a way that was not the gift that you just mentioned, you know? <laughs> so just think about it for a minute, but it's like, man, that's not even my top two, but I just felt grace in the moment, and it's what God gave me, and I was able to do it because he empowered me. You might have to think about it for a second. Sure. Hey, Deja. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So one thing, and you're pulling out something really deep. Um, so in, when I preached on, when I, oh yeah, the question was, what if you feel good at all five? Um, or if you feel like you have some capacity in all five? And this ties into what I was just saying, because you know, when I preached on the apostolic a few weeks ago, we talked about how there's a sense in which we're all apostolic, right? Because the whole church is moving forward. And one thing about that gifting is that it does have some capacity in all five because you have to start things, right? And so you have to learn to do or have grace for some of all of these. And it pulls out exactly what we're saying here, that actually all of this grace that's up on the screen is actually available to all of us. So it's good for us to know what our gifting is. It's good for us to know what our sweet spot is. But also, God will use us in surprising ways so we'll close with this, but maybe just an example where God used you. And it's like, wow, that's not my normal thing, but felt grace. Um, I'll piggyback off my last story. So, you know, like growing up in the church, we, we learned how to lead people to the Lord. So it was like Romans Road or, you know, evangelism explosion, those things. And so um, with when it was... I was with my friend in Aliquippa, and I, and I was like, okay, I need to lead her to the Lord. Because, you know, like, the prophetic in me is like, she, she's going she's gonna to start following Jesus soon. Um, but how do I get her there? And there was just this grace to bring her to the Lord. And I, I'll be honest, I don't think I did well at all, however, you know, you do it. Um, but in that moment, she wanted to start reading Mark. And, and Mark is such like a, like in the beginning, it just starts off with what Jesus is doing, his work, you know? Um, 
and it wasn't the way that I had expected um, to to present the gospel at all. But yeah, in that moment, there was just grace for her, and like the Lord had, was already calling her, you know. And so, yeah. And on the other side, it was like, oh, I'm actually an evangelist. Right. It's like, no, I actually felt grace and weakness to right. do this thing that right. God was calling me to. It's beautiful. Um, I would say, most recently, I have seen this. There was a prayer environment where I was super confident that I knew what God was saying in that moment. And that is not a comfortable place for me unless, like, my Bible's open to, like, confidently be like, this is, thus the Lord says, or this is what the Lord is saying. Um, but it's also becomes the place for me because it's not an area that I operate in all the time. I think we've all felt, you know, like, like, oh, I feel like the Lord is directing. But when I feel like there's times in prayer where I'll be like, this is it. And I am most uncomfortable and comfortable in that moment because it's, I'm like, okay, Jesus, this is you now then if this is what you're saying. And I rely not on maybe some skills that I picked up being comfortable with shepherd and teacher. I'm like, okay, Lord, if this is what you're saying in this prayer environment, I'm going to speak it because it aligns with your word. But then you got to do the thing and bring the other prophets along with us in this prayer environment. So I have, I have seen the Lord give me impressions um, of what he is saying in a prayer environment. And that is, it's like a very weird mixture of being like, this is not how I normally operate but I also feel very confident because since it's not what I normally operate, it has to be from the Lord. Um, I've had several experiences of God's power meeting me in my weakness, like, or, you know, whether in a meeting where I need to confront someone in something in love, but truth or hard things or, but <clears throat> so that's number one. Like I just think of like in general, God, just his grace in places of weakness where I've not felt comfortable or in general. But related to the fivefold, I would say in starting new ministry, um, so the apostolic building, something that God is saying to build. And so recently, um, uh, along with the Furmans, we're, we're building this prayer, a new prayer ministry. And so um, that's um, for the, re like through the, the Greenhouse Network and as a regional prayer ministry. And I've not really ever started anything new personally, and I'm not highly apostolic um, that way. So, um, and, and so, uh, yeah, uh, it, but it's just been this issue of obeying God and what he said to do. And beyond that, the grace has been crazy. I mean, <laughs> for vision and direction and concrete, what to do next. And so, um, it's been so good and, and life-giving, but not my wheelhouse. And so, there's so. grace and strength then grace and weakness, right? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. And those things interact with each other, you know, in scriptures. And so we should always expect that God could surprise us, right, with fresh empowerment for something, and that we could be surprised by each other too, right? That, oh, so-and-so is normally not good at this, but look at how God is using them, right, today, and we should get behind open ourselves up to it and support it. So, guys, can you just express your thanksgiving to these folks for hearing them some today?